0: Hey there, soul family. Welcome to another episode of Evolving Consciously. My name is Holly and I know for sure that nothing happens by accident. This moment is happening very on purpose. So I invite you to really sink in with me as we weave our way through this conversation today so that the message your soul is searching for right now can land deeply with you. Here in this podcast, we have conversations on consciousness, helping you unbecome everything you're not, bringing you home to your wholeness so that you can live a completely authentic, soul-centered life. Today we are touching on, on a huge topic, the topic of rising again after sexual abuse and you know with the with the hashtag me too movement there is so many people who are really coming out of the darkness coming stepping out of the shame and making their first step towards that healing journey and so i have one of the most courageous brave beautiful ladies on the line with us today and and before i introduce her i you know i really want to ask all of you out there in the audience To please connect with this and feel free to get in touch with myself either through theholyeffect.com or this lady herself. Her name is Michelle Kelly And I think it takes such huge uh, courage, and you've got to be a long way down the journey, the healing journey, before you feel like you're ready to open up and to use your experience. Um, as a, as potentially a gift that blesses other people. And that is absolutely, you know, the perspective that Michelle sees this interview from. She sees it as, as an opportunity for her to take the, the beautiful journey that she has been on and, and, you know, what it's done for her, not done to her, but what it's done for her. And to now take that breaking you know what it was that potentially broke her in her life and to use it as a blessing for other people so michelle i want to say thank you so much for making yourself available not just for this for a conversation but in particular for this kind of conversation thank you for your vulnerability thank you for your transparency thank you for your courage and thank you for whatever it it has been that you have had to go through to get to this space where you are open and willing to sharing the sexual abuse journey. So I just want to make sure you're there and say thank you and welcome to the show. Hello,
1: welcome and thank you.
0: Very good. Michelle, tell our audience a little bit about you. This is such a, a huge topic. And you know, there are some people at different stages of the journey, who some people who will think this is so wrong, we're even talking about this, you know, some people who are, st- um, you know, stuck in different stages of the journey, which I'm sure you understand. And, and, you know, I want to make sure that everyone has the opportunity to feel like they know you a little bit before they hear from you. So that, that you know, those who are supposed to are able to make that energetic connection with you. So maybe just tell our audience a little bit about yourself in a nutshell. And I guess, you know, just who you are as a person um, and, and, you know, I guess where you're at at this stage of your journey.
1: Okay. Hello. Basic. Well, at the moment I am 52 years old. I was sexually abused by my father. Um, The last time I remember it happening was when I was 14 years old, which I find kind of, very ironic when I look at other girls out there at the age of 14 now and I just shake my head and think, wow, I was raised with basically full-on um, control, obviously, and the, the imprint into me was r- fear. I was raised in fear, basically. Right. So I don't remember anything about my childhood, uh, even from back in school, type, school days, other days. I, I didn't remember anything. I even tried three sessions of hypnosis, which could not uncover anything. Um, pretty much, I'm happily married with an amazing husband by my side and three amazing adult children now. Mm-hmm. I pretty much got to the point, well, I went through obviously uh, depression, but like a lot of people out there with depression, they actually hide it. We hide it. They hide it very well. I call it that cape of. Cape of protection the mask of protection so I went through depression for a very long time and then after the birth of our first child unfortunately postnatal depression kicked in so once again I put on that mask of you know I have to keep going and I was actually looking back very sick but I once again just keep trudging along you know you just have to keep on keep on going Mm-hmm. Um, but along the way, I have actually studied for myself. a Massage therapist. I am a body intuitive. I can actually feel energy in others, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I have dreams. I have visions. I have all of that. I'm going to say spiritual stuff happening. Right. As far as as far as the sexual abuse, um, it pretty much came to a came to a head. I would have to say three years ago. I actually was not even going to raise it with my husband or my kids i was just going to leave it there and not acknowledge it i have always had wow. a yeah yep yeah.
0: sorry to but when you say three years ago if i can just yeah. like when you say it came to it was it that you remembered it because i know some other people i know quite a few people that have um you know, suffered some form of sexual abuse and rape and things like that. And they uh, didn't even remember it until, you know, were they 40, 45, 50 years old. So for you, when you say came to a head, do you mean that only three years ago you started remembering it and and you're, and you're, because of the traumatic experience you had blocked it out until then? Or had you always known it, but somehow it came to a head three years ago? What do you mean by that?
1: Okay. So I have always remembered only being sexually abused at the age of 14. Right. So I have lived with that and pushed it under the carpet and pushed it down, which led to, well, the obviously sicknesses, et cetera, et cetera. So I was just happy to try and deal with it on my own. My husband knew about it. I told him roughly two years into our marriage, which... I believe is the best thing that anyone who has been abused, obviously, if you have trust in your partner, you, ha- you have to tell them. They they have can then understand where you're coming from with your moods, what's going on, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So three years ago, I call it the universal shove, whatever you choose to call it. It was like there was a volcano inside of me waiting to erupt. It just kept on boiling and boiling and I kept pushing back and it kept boiling and then I, I distinctly remember one night, the kids weren't home. My husband was sitting in his in his chair in the lounge room watching TV, and I spat the dummy, cracked a 3D, and something happened. And I said, and "By the way," I said, "I am telling the kids about my abuse." Mm. And he just looked at me. And my husband's a very calm man, but he just looked at me and said, "Good, about time." Really. Not not what I was expecting to hear, so I'd got myself all worked up, expecting him to say, You know, no, 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 please don't tell them, blah, 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 blah. So, so that was that. So, off I tripped into my bedroom, and tears started coming. And then, when I'd calmed down, I went back out and I said to him, Why did you say that? And we sat and had a talk. And he said, Well, he said, Something you don't know is number one, he said. I actually thought you would have told the kids when our oldest was about 14. So how old um, were the kids so we have- this time? So, so this three years ago, uh, how old were your kids? Uh, 20, 23, 21, and 19. So obviously adults. Right. Okay, okay. Looking, looking back now, I should have told them at that age of roughly 14 because they are, I'm going to say young adults. They're not like little five-year-olds that don't understand. Right. But they, they understand. So my husband said to me you know um, something you don't know is the kids have actually been asking me what 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 are we doing wrong mum is never happy when yeah. he said that to me that was I want to say a slap not a slap in the face right as a well wow factor for thinking that I had put on this cape of protection this mask of happiness this you know trying to be the good mum and run them around to sport and just be the the mum right. when in fact they were actually stepping on eggshells wondering and they were and they still are amazing kids and amazing adults now um but yeah so that 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 was it the in that moment like because
0: you know I think um most people are aware that that with sexual abuse one of the biggest things that the um the victim takes on is intense shame and guilt and in that moment when your husband said to you I guess that your kids had been going through a process because I guess children anyone that lives with you or anyone that is connected to you can feel something going on energetically like there's there's a wound in your energy field and yes. you know and, and and that is a natural process for kids to go well it must be me what 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 have i done so in that moment for even if it was just for a moment did it intensify the guilt that you had taken did did you feel that that comment or that truth was another burden for you to carry
1: so re, sorry, rephrase what you're actually asking.
0: So so that you haven't, so that, you know, in that moment when he said, yeah, well, actually the kids have basically been blaming themselves for why you're never happy. They're wondering, you know, whether it's their fault in that moment. Did you take that guilt on and go, well, I've been a really bad mother you know, and did that add did that add kind of some baggage to you to feel like, Oh, I've done this wrong. I should have said it sooner because now my kids have been taking on some pain and some responsibility that they shouldn't have
1: taken on. Or were you kind of relieved to go? No, time? No, I feel if anything, I was actually relieved. Like, wow. Okay. They've been experiencing that. I've now broken the, taken the mask off, taken off the cake. Right. And we actually, like, are a very close family. So I actually agreed with my husband that we um, sit down and have a, I want to call it a family meeting. Yes. So I remember, you know, that, that happening. And, yeah. So and sat t- and t- t- tell us about that. Take us, very- that.
0: Take us through that process. So there's a conversation with your husband, which really was birthed out of you chucking a tutti-frutti, you said. <laughs> But and when, when that all comes back down, you're like, okay, we're actually going to do this. We're actually going to tell the children what happened. T- take us through that process. So from the moment where you decide it's time for them to know, how do you then prepare yourself for that conversation? Like how did you bring it up? How did you raise it? Take us through the process of how you, you know, and, and, and what you felt, you know, I guess the, the fear that you might have gone through in, you know, in, in, leading up to that moment where you're going to tell them and then what was the outcome?
1: Okay. So obviously sitting at the table, waiting to, we'd organized a meeting okay. sitting at the table, waiting to tell them, I remember my heart, if it could have, it would have popped out of my chest and ran away. My heart was just beating so fast and you almost have to take a stance and it's like, no, I am going to do this. That's it. Right. Um, We all have choices. As you know, my philosophy, we all have choices. Um, I just want to put in there actually that I was actually raised in a very, very negative mindset. That was a part of the control was the negative mindset. Right. So I've done a lot of what you would probably call it soul searching within myself um, and changing my thought patterns, which has taken an absolute very long time. But, yeah, sitting with the kids and telling them and just, it was almost like there was a... I don't know, a bag of weed on my shoulders or something that someone had just lifted off and it was just like this, wow. And then but the question... You know,
0: I want to dig deeper. Let, can you, can, do you remember the sentence you told them with? Can you tell us what that was? How did you... You're in the moment where you know you're going to tell them, but how do you actually tell them? What's the sentence that came out of your mouth?
1: Okay, I just told them straight out. Obviously, I am um, Italian. Yes. And nonno is the name for grandfather or grandpa in Italian. Mm-hmm. So I just, straight out, I said um, I was sexually abused when I was younger by uh, Nunu. And, yeah, the kids just looked at me and gave me the, the wow, and then it set off other things within my kids as far as the older one was getting really, it, it affected her from the point of, well, hang on a sec, you let us still have a relationship with Nuno and Nunu. Right. Why, why did you allow that? And then my middle son is very down to earth, very, he, he accepted it. And, you know, you've spoken about it now. They still have love for both grandparents. Right. And my young, youngest one is very close with him. And although he knows about it, it still hasn't changed their affection towards their grandfather
0: really see that's very interesting and I would yeah. commend you on the on the types of people you've raised because you know I guess um as an instinctual thing like I, I would imagine like if my mum came and told me something like that I, I would want to hate the person and I would almost feel like an internal betrayal how could my nun do that to my mum you know yes, and you feel yes. that a protection so that's that's amazing can I ask you a, a um, bit of a personal question Michelle you said you remember it happening at fourteen. How yes. long did it happen for? Do you remember that when it started happening?
1: I rem- yes, I remember the, uh, I'll say the, the first time that I physically remember and I was distinctively told by my father, and this is what really confused me and will throw confusion in, in most sexual abuse. I don't like the word victims and I will not use the word victim. Most right. sexual abuse people out there, is they they have that guilt thrown on them. And for me, it was, his exact words were, you can't tell anybody about this because I will go to jail. Now, I thought about that for a very long time. And what, what went around in my head was, if he was an alcoholic or if I knew that he had a mental condition or, 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 which obviously, yes, there would have to be some unstable the word mental condition but there was something unstable going on at the time right but um yeah so like I said if 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 he was an alcoholic I honestly feel that I could have accepted the abuse and got over it because he was drunk and didn't know what he was doing but to actually say you can't tell anybody about this because I will go to jail Mm. then Like, well, hang on a second here. Like, you've got all your marbles. You know what you've just done. And to answer your previous question, it did happen three times after that. And that was when I found a voice and spoke up and said, basically, if you ever touch me again, plain and simply, I'll kill you. Plain and simply.
0: So So for you, it kind of all happened around 14. It wasn't like, not, not to minimise it whatsoever to say it wasn't happening for years, but it all happened at that time for
1: you. No, I remember it physically happening at fourteen. I have now had right. regression and full-on visions of it happening at younger ages and what actually happened. Wow! So, okay. whatever reason I physically well, I'm well, whatever reason obviously cut it all out. Yes. Um, and it's very hard to remember things like back in my childhood certain things that happened um i'm talking good stuff can't even remember that
0: yeah 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 yep now tell us tell us about the moment because you know um i i pray that someone maybe that's out there listening to this show that maybe is experiencing abuse of some kind right now you know maybe you're the angel that comes along and blesses their life right at the time they need it and so if we can go back to the moment, you know, to the time when it was happening to you, take us through what happens, take us through how you start feeling, the stories you start telling yourself in your head, like especially if you're taking on the responsibility of thinking I would be responsible for my whole family losing at their father if he was to go to jail. It would be my fault to do that. What happens to your self-worth, to your self-esteem and how the hell did you, manage to work up the courage or get to that moment where you told him to stop because you know i guess um you know the offenders from, from my understanding and you know i i definitely i can't say i relate and i to be honest i hope i can never have to say that i guess um but but the the person who is a, you know, the offender, it's like they get the, um, like you say, you don't want to say the word victim, but you know, they're, they're, the person that they're abusing under some kind of spell. They're, they're riddled yes. with whatever it might be, shame, guilt. And so how did you step out of that? How does someone that might be out there being abused right now, and then they already had their self-esteem taken from them, their power taken from them, how do they get them to themselves to a point where they say to the offender themselves, stop. This has to stop. Like I'm quite baffled by that because I've actually never really heard of anyone doing that in my experiences with people that I've coached and things like that. They've never, it's just like the the offender has eventually stopped or something. You know, there's been a change of circumstances. So tell us all about that.
1: Okay, I've always been a very strong-willed, outspoken kind of person, so as much as I would have retreated into my shell, um, your question actually has a few different answers. Obviously, there are different scenarios and different instances. As an example, somebody out there could be um, being sexually abused by their mother's partner, as an example. Okay. So... So what happens is the child speaks up to the mum and says hey your partner Danny as an example mm-hmm. he's he's touching me and he came into the bathroom and but you know whatever the scenario is okay so they go to the mother and they tell her and because mum has her own stuff going on and she's actually getting all this attention from this partner She actually doesn't want to deal with it because her perfect little world is now going to be turned upside down Mm. and all of this fake love that she's getting from this guy is going to be out the door. Okay. So then what happens, a lot of these sexually abused people are then pushed and squashed down even further. So mum won't acknowledge it. So all I pray and I ask for any of you out there, no matter what your age please speak to somebody else you everyone has a a best friend if you're an older person like myself and you've experienced it and you have a a partner please tell your partner if it's a a younger person and you have a a counsellor at your work um, you have somebody that you can trust please always remember not a lot of people out there are going to know what to say or how to actually handle what you tell them so Mm -hmm. just keep that in mind if you don't get it from one person please go to the next person i'm going to put it out there that's your challenge you need to be acknowledged and go out there you all have the power within you just got to find it and let it rise
0: i love what um brene brown says she says she says shame can't exist without silence as soon as you break the silence you begin to break the cycle of shame no matter what it is you're speaking about would
1: you agree with yep. that correct 100 percent. correct
0: okay. okay correct and so it, before we kind of move on to you know what your journey has been like since then maybe just so that you can connect with the audience out there that that really has you know been sent by the universe to cross paths with us today and, and, to, and to get the message they need from this um, tell us, tell us what the process. What does your soul go through while you're being abused? You know, like what what happens? How do you articulate what is going on on the inside of you when you are being manipulated, violated, and completely destroyed by someone else who has taken taken your power from you?
1: Okay, okay. So basically, like I mentioned earlier, I am actually a very I'm going to use the word spiritual, not religious person. Mm -hmm. um and i have always like i said felt energy through my hands and feet i've seen spirits which i believe a lot of people that have been sexually abused are actually more in tune whether it's that extra sense that has to kick kick in um yeah but a lot a lot of them are um so basically i've gone on and studied basically um I'm a massage therapist, I went and studied kinesiology, I've done uh, Reiki, I work with crystals, I'm talking all ener- energetic work, which it's all led me to. Okay. So basically, having done a lot of my own personal study and just thriving, and my brain just wants to learn,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, a part of, the, I, and I remember it distinctly, when I was abused at 14, I was just in total paralysis, pa- paralyzed, just um, right. being a so what happens is we actually have our body and we have the spirit that lives within the body. If yes. you can imagine it as a glass and it's full of water. So what happens when you go through either some kind of shock or a really bad car accident or something of that nature, mm-hmm. a part of the spirit actually breaks off or splinters or splits as if to say, Lord, good Lord, no, you know, I can't handle this, I've got to go. So what you what you are left with is I'm going to say roughly let's say for some people it could be roughly sixty percent of your spirit, and that leaves forty percent open for another energetic something to fill in that void. Now I also want to put out there that when I was going through what I would have well I called it depression because that's what it was Mm -hmm. when you're being sexually abused. You're basically vibrating at the level of fear. There's an, an amazing book out there called Power versus Force by somebody Hawkins, I think. Okay. And it has there a level of consciousness. So people that have been and are being sexually abused are vibrating energetically at the level of shame and the level of fear. Right. So i'm going probably a bit out on the spiritual realm here i have experienced it some will believe in that some will say what a crock that's fine like i said when there's only 60 percent of your spirit or 70 percent of your spirit living within your body that leaves 30 percent or 40 percent for an energetic attraction yep. of that uh, shame or fear to To enter into you, I'm going to put it out there to enter into you.
0: Right, because you're going to attract whatever you're vibrating as at that time. And if you're vibrating as shame and fear, then what you're going to call into your life to fill up that void is more shame
1: and fear. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So, hence, I would always be in the negative mind frame. And then I would actually, because I am very in tune with my thoughts and very in tune with things. I would actually hear as an example I dropped my boys at um what we call high school and I was driving home in the car and I had the radio off just me and I actually heard in my head you are useless. Now I was at the getting to that point where it was uh, in getting in control of my trying to turn into the positive and I actually was like no I'm not and I actually said no I'm not excuse the French but piss off. Right. Um So what I'm saying is energetically, I don't like the word entities, but I really don't know what else to call the energy that steps into that place once you have your part of your spirit has splintered or split or fragmented, fragmented off, which is wandering somewhere somewhere, on another plane somewhere in the universe that that then i'm
0: it's not like it's like it goes to another realm of some kind and you know i can yeah. feel people right now there's people just with what you've just said you've just described you've just put words to how they're feeling yes my soul has been splintered i'm kind of here but i'm but i'm not whole anymore there's a piece of me that has the, gone yeah, the exact, okay yeah what, what happens
1: the exact, from there how, how do you okay, step so out of that uh-huh. So the exact feel, the exact feeling of that. The only way I can describe it, and if you're living with it, you will say, "Yes, I'm understanding exactly what this woman is saying." You actually feel always over revved, like fully. What's the word? Not shaking, but you know when you're over revved, and it's almost like you're carrying something else on you. It's just this energy right. that just vibrates like it's just a, a part of your energy energy field. Okay. Um, there's a lot of different, d- different issues. Everyone is a, everyone is a different person. Something what for me may not work for somebody else. Um, as you do know, and I don't know if now is the time about the, the, I am. Um, I actually also went to a lady who did something called holographic kinetics. Right. Um, Absolutely amazing modality. I do ask if you do go to see someone who does this, please go to someone who is reputable and who um who's been recommended. Okay. So yep, so so that was a huge help. Um there's a lot of stuff out there. I'm talking energetic stuff and different levels that people just don't understand and don't know about. When you're at the point of sexual abuse, look, you will get to a point when you are sick of being sick right okay then you'll make the choice to do something about it
0: okay and for those people that have been disconnected from the world because of you know they kind of have been crushed down into this little box and they they disconnect so much from all relationships right did you find that did you find that that you know for as long as you were holding on to that secret was it harder for you to fully explore um, and and dive into new relationships of any kind because it's like you've got this protection layer around you that you don't want people to get too close or, you know, vulnerability has, I mean, you've got evidence to prove that being vulnerable hurts you, right? And, it, and you get violated when you're vulnerable. So did you find that it started um, creeping into all other areas of your life in that way?
1: It pretty much did ever since I was younger. So I never had a, best friend and even as I got older I never really had I'm going to say any or many friends because yes that's right what happens if they learn about my secrets right so I have only now had a I would say about three best friends um for the last what four four or five years okay like I said 52 so that's a very long time to I suppose feel alone and just try to keep Keep conquering, just keep going on. But no, I just heard in my head for people out there, I want to say the truth will set you free.
0: Right. Okay. And that and you mean speaking the truth. And you know, I know you have a Facebook page, and I want to mention this. I know you've only just started it, and it's perfect timing with you know you being on this show. You've just started a Facebook page called Sexual Abuse become the pearl you know I love I know this is an analogy and you know you've mentioned it to me and I would love for you to share this with the audience as much as you know, we can stay stuck in the details of the story. What I'd like to focus on now before we have to start wrapping this up eventually, and I feel like I could talk to you for hours, to be honest, but I want to talk about, okay, let's not give power to the story by rehashing the story. Like you say, everyone has their own circumstances and experiences anyway. And I love some of the stuff you've already touched on that someone would relate to out there that, that has been abused. So now let's look at the path of the journey from there forwards and I would love for you to start with sharing what you mean by become the pearl. Can
1: you can you explain I, that? Certainly sure. Okay. So for anyone out there who doesn't know how a pearl is actually formed, it's actually obviously um, inside of the the oyster is is the pearl. But that's I I didn't realise how it was formed until I looked it up myself. So this is how it's actually formed an an actual organism actually attacks the 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 um the the inside of the the oyster basically right like so a irritant or a parasite like a parasite that's gets the, that's it exactly thank you i had a blank so basically what happens is the 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 um i've had a blank the, the parasite the no not the parasite the oyster the oyster oyster itself then starts to actually build up a protection layer against this parasite so the way i see it is the parasite is the internal the being sexually abused the emotions everything that has been experienced the emotions the feelings the the body the, the the everything right once that is cleared obviously and out of that terrible organism that that affected it something as beautiful as the pearl is the end result
0: right yes okay and how it gets to that end result is the oyster like you said it sets up a defect it, it creates a defense layer like a fluid type thing to coat to coat the parasite, which that is then, uh, you know, I guess. So, what was so toxic becomes so beautiful because there's a protection layer form. So, what you're saying to people out there is the layer that you have put in place to protect you from what you have been through or are currently going through, that can be the exact thing that, that makes you a pearl.
1: Exactly. Everyone has a pearl inside of them. There we go. So, I it has yeah, it. to come out.
0: Yeah. And and because it's so crazy to think how could now move. I know you're a long way down the healing journey. And I know you've been working on this for years. And like you said, you've done some tapping, you've done, you know, so much spiritual work, kinesiology, working with energies and things like that. And, and so, you know, as you said, for anyone out there, go and look Go and look all that up and, and we'll, we'll give them your details so they can get in contact with you if they want to after they've listened to this show. But looking back now, Michelle, would you say that at the level of, and I know this can be a very confronting question and there might be some people out there that are almost angry that I ask this, but I'm going to anyway. The spiritual journey says that nothing, nothing happens to us everything happens for us but when you're looking at something like sexual abuse of a child the logic part of our human brain goes how on earth could anyone say that ever happens for you how on earth can anyone have benefit from that and you know how can anyone ever get to the place where they can say i'm grateful for that happening in my life i'm grateful for everything that has happened in my life including the sexual abuse it almost seems wrong to get to that place from a human perspective but this is a spiritual show and we really are you know delving into those the spiritual realms give me your perspective on that yes you've done a lot of work on yourself can you now say that your father abusing and violating you in the, in the highest form possible was actually an experience that was sent to you, you know, or, or uh, I guess, you know, before you came to this human experience, you know, you decided you already chose the lessons that you would need in this lifetime. And, and can you actually say that that experience happened for you, for your greater good to the point where now you could almost say you're grateful for it?
1: Yes. Okay. So I have done a lot of, and actually seen, obviously my my past lives, like I said, I am very spiritual, very in tune as I think you, you Holly, and one can vouch for me. Right. So, so I have seen past lives myself. So yes, we had a past life and that's what it was. It was karma playing itself out. So that's what it was in this life was I had to experience that for to then put a stop to it. Okay. Now, the other thing that I wish to say is the hardest lesson I truly believe for humankind on this planet to learn is forgiveness. They say the hardest emotion for anybody to learn is love. I do not believe that. People either love to cook, they love their animals, they love their partner, they love playing sport, they love going for a walk. They're acknowledging and talking and physically saying the word love. Yes. Right. The trouble out there, I truly believe forgiveness is the hardest emotion to learn. Forgiveness. Tell me about that. Okay. So basically, if you think back, um, I'm talking energetically here, to actually say to somebody, let's say, let's say Holly, if I can use you and me as an example, let's say you did something to me, right? Right. And I, and you just said to me, oh, you know what? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry energetically has absolutely no effect energetically at clearing the tie or the hold or the, that, that energy. Yep. The bond. Yep. For you to actually say to me, will you forgive me or I ask for your forgiveness as soon as you ask for that forgiveness it has energetically cleared you from the scenario now I have a choice yeah yeah, yeah, I got you you. you have physically been cleared you've taken a step back now I am the one who now has a choice if I wish to forgive you for what was done Or hold on to it. I have a choice. I can either keep going and hold on to all this anger and rage and whatever, or you get to that point where you know what? Yes, I truly. Yes, I forgive you. Now, if it's just said out of a, you know, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I forgive you, and just keep going. Mm -hmm. It has to be a a true intent. Okay. So, as much as yes, you've mentioned sexual abuse is you can't put your head around it, and as we have seen, it it. It's getting worse. It is absolutely getting worse, sexual abuse out there. It's not getting better, it's getting worse. So something somewhere has to change about voicing up and speaking up. Forgiveness, I was like most of you that are listening to this podcast right now saying, no way, I'm not going to forgive A, B, C and D because of rah, rah and rah. No way. I've walked in your shoes, I was there. It took me a hell of a long time. I'm talking at least a year for myself to acknowledge the forgiveness. And this is how I actually visually describe it. I want you to picture that you have two dolls in front of you. One of the dolls is you and the other doll is the person that has sexually abused you. Now I want you to put around you or you you as that doll i want you to put one of those nettings like you get the oranges here in australia we buy oranges in that netting i'm not sure if the rest of the world does okay so that's you within that netting the abuser is holding on to the string of that now you actually forgiving them is you cutting that netting free forgiveness actually frees you forgiving them. They're still left holding the rope. They're still left holding the net. It's their issue. Unless you physically, look, all of these things went over in my mind, unless you physically, unless we physically go and have a biopsy done on that part of our brain, where you actually take out the memory, which is not going to happen. Yes, it's happened. It's happened. It's happened for a reason. You may get to know the reason you may not get to know the reason. They may have an excuse that I was drunk or I was going through a bad time or whatever, whatever. That's their issue. You look after you. Forgiveness is the hardest emotion to learn. But once you learn to the, the understanding of forgiving does not make it okay. I was forgiving. just going
0: to say that, we're, we're, forgiving that net, that doesn't say that it was okay. It's never okay what you did for me, but are you saying that, but I will forgive you, not for you, but for me, because I want my freedom back. And for as long as I buy into this story with the energies of continually resenting you or resenting what happened or being a victim to what happened, then um, I still remain attached to the circumstance. But as soon as I decide to let go of all of those things, I set myself free which ultimately means i forgive you it's still not okay but i am forgiving you to let myself forgiving means i'm letting go of using my energy to resent you and to hate you and to and to and to be full of rage about it
1: yes exactly yep
0: Yep. okay okay so then let me ask you this what, what feelings take that place? So if I'm going to let go of resenting you, hating you, being angry at you, if I'm going to say, I'm not going to, hold on to those emotions anymore because that only changes my vibration it only eats away and destroys me if I'm gonna let go of those emotions there's gonna be space created in me for someone. so so then how do I feel towards you now like how do you feel towards your abuser if you don't hate them and resent them when you get to the point where you let go of that what feelings take that place
1: okay I think you mentioned it very well when you first just started talking that When you are, when you are in that point, when you are at that point of focusing on the abuse or 24 seven, that's where your energy is going. It's going to them 24 seven. Yes. It's almost like the forgiveness is almost like that. Aha moment. I am now going to start healing me. I'm going to stop being a victim. I am going to become the victor in this. Okay. I like that. I deserve peace. I deserve Peace. That's it.
0: I love that, Michelle. That's it. When somebody lets go of resentment, anger, rage, hatred, whatever it might be, what they, what replaces those emotions in, 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 the, in the process of forgiveness is peace. And, and would now listen, I have not been sexually abused, but I've had things that I've still had to let go of in my life and things I've, and people have still had to forgive. And like you say, I a hundred percent agree with you. The hardest thing to do is to forgive someone. And more importantly, you know, I always say the hardest thing I've ever done is to forgive someone that was never sorry, you know, to forgive someone that was never even sorry for what they did and to, to accept an apology I never even received basically. Right. And, um, But the word to me, and and I don't know if this is the same when you've experienced something even even bigger, like sexual abuse, is grace. When you let go of resentment, anger, and you choose to forgive, what replaces the emotions you used to have, instead of now having resentment and anger, for example, you now have peace and you
1: have grace. Correct. And you did mention it very well before. We, well, going on your analogy, we all have no control over other people's yes. thoughts emotions actions reactions you mentioned that you know people will never say they're sorry for what they did you may never get it we have no control over i'm sure that we may do things and other people might think wow they should have done a b c or d they shouldn't have done that they should have done that why yeah. is she wearing those color shoes with those pants Mm-hmm. Everybody yep, yep. has their own thought perception. As soon as you take control of your own thoughts and your own emotions, then you will start to heal.
0: Yes, And you yes. need
1: to let go, stop calling yourself a sexual abuse victim because that is energetically holding you in the victim mode. Right,
0: right. exactly. And this is another thing. This is a whole nother show. Maybe you'll have to get you back for another show because I, I've worked with quite a few people and I have been able to help them. And in fact, someone that was also sexually abused by her father. And, um you know, her father actually had died, so what she, what she was thinking is, now I can't make it right now he's died now it's too late for me to go and confront him and say something, and I feel that if I can't do that, then i can't forgive him I can't get past it because he's not here for me to say something to anymore and you know that was a perception of hers that he had to be alive in order for her to be able to let go, and that she'd miss that chance
1: and um, sure. I think a of lot that- of a lot of people I think a lot of a lot of people, I think, also, would, sorry for cutting in, I think a lot of people would also think, excuse the French, but the old B got off yeah. easy. And then yeah. they're still going to hang on to that resentment and that you never stood right. trial for A, B, C, right. or D. Right, they or, think
0: that for as long as I hate you, you suffer. But actually, no one suffers except for you. And, uh but, but what I found, and tell me whether this was a part of your process, um, was... One of the hardest parts about forgiving is that you have to let go of the story that has become your identity up until that point. You, I, I am the one that was abused, for example, okay, and I don't mean to sound hard or cold or callous as I say this, but when you've been abused or it doesn't matter what it is you need to forgive in your life, that circumstance has typically become so much a part of you that that is now how you access love from others, compassion from others. It almost gives you an excuse and a la You know, you give yourself permission to be angry and to be this grumpy mum all the time or whatever because you know that you've gone through something. And rather than just experiencing pain, you put yourself in the place of suffering. So pain is necessary. Suffering is a choice. And, and the only thing that causes us to suffer is when we choose to stay in the pain. But what makes it hard to truly let go and honestly, truly forgive is when I forgive you, this story no longer belongs to me. So who am I then without this story? Who am I if I'm not the girl that got raped or I'm not the girl that was abused or I'm not whatever the story is? Like Who am I? How, how will anyone have compassion for me if they don't have this as a reason to care for me anymore. So we really take a big risk that when we let go of that pain, we also let go of the payoff that goes with it. Was that a tough process for you? Did you feel like this story that you had been running since you were 14 had, it's almost like you wanted to be free from it, but you were almost scared of who you were
1: without that story. I think for me, the hardest thing, and it's, um, as an example it it's because it was a hidden secret as an example let's say let's say you had had a business and it went belly up and you were in debt and you lost everything people would see it people would see you being down people would see you maybe being yep. in their eyes grumpy their perception people would see you and would know why you were like you were Obviously, sexual abused, they hold it within people don't know unless you get to the point when I pray that everyone does get to the point where you speak up, and then people are like, "Oh, um, yeah, so it's okay.
0: Okay. yeah." okay okay i understand what you're saying now listen michelle unfortunately we do have to wrap this up and i i would love to have you back and to even delve deeper into some of this but just as a last message that you could leave the audience with you know if you look back now you said before and you said very immediately you said yes to the to the question i asked about could you actually say that you're grateful for this happening in your life um how can you summarize what is the blessing in all of this for you if if if, if i could say to you a upfront okay michelle and this this could sound you know i don't want this to sound wrong i know that i know that you understand what i'm saying and i just want the audience to be angry over this but if i could say to you michelle michelle what has been the blessing It, it, it almost feels wrong even saying this but i'm gonna say it what has been the blessing that has come from being abused by your father how would you answer that
1: Okay, well, basically, my philosophy, and I learned this along the way, was experience is the greatest teacher. If I hadn't experienced it, I wouldn't be sitting here at this point in my life wanting to help, I want to say the world, wanting to help all of those sexually abused out there who are in darkness, who are still like that hamster stuck on that wheel every day, every night, get up in the morning and back on that hamster wheel. If I hadn't experienced what I had experienced, I would not be sitting here talking to you. I wouldn't be here as a person saying, you know what, I have experienced it and this is what I did to get me to this point. Mm. This is how you too can get over it. Yeah. Try, this. Try that. Um, I have the utmost respect for all the counsellors out there, but you need to remember, counsellors all learn from the same book.
0: Right. It's right.
1: fantastic to say, yep, yeah, you've been sexually abused. I was just quickly a part of a another a closed Facebook group. And unfortunately, what I saw there was they were all peppering each other up as far as that someone would tell their story, which was beautiful. They were releasing it. But then the other person on there would say, I'm really sorry for your experience.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. I listen to energy. this podcast. Someone confides in you please do not use the word, I'm sorry. Please thank them for trusting and ask them if they would like some help or how can I help you? I so love that. Experience is the you. great thing. Yeah. yeah. That's why I'm here, I'm, I'm here to change the world. I am, I am here to help all those out there because I've experienced it and that's what I'm here for.
0: Okay, and it's almost like what your father did to you it was like the seed that is about to produce the harvest of your life. You know, it's almost like your purpose Correct. was born from the pain that you had to suffer.
1: That's right. So this, this, I always the small acorn that just started off. And now as I've grown, I've experienced, I've grown and now, yeah
0: Yeah. you're the oyster that became the pearl i love that michelle thank you so much for making yourself available i know it's been pretty much at late notice too it was only a couple of days ago that we even talked about it so thank you for being available so soon thank you for your perspectives for the even just the energy that you that you bring to the show just the i don't even know if i've ever experienced this kind of topic being talked about with the energy that you have with this such renewed you know faithful energy rather than a somber i guess victim energy is is what i could say thank you that's
1: how it's that's how it is the perception out there is you don't talk about it the more people talk about it the more it's going to start healing healing sorry
0: yes yes michelle how can people get in touch with you quickly if they want to if someone's going oh my gosh i want to find this lady i need to connect not just with anyone but with this lady that i heard from today how can they find you
1: uh, pretty much as you've mentioned i suppose through the facebook the messaging i do actually hold healing sessions via skype so i'll yeah. put it out there just keep in mind people that it's not going you're not going to be over it within a week so yeah right healing sessions via
0: skype that's beautiful because you know we have a large audience right around the entire world and so that's great no matter where they are they can reach you and i'll have your details on the um on the image that goes with the show that they can download from the website so that they can get out, they can type your name in facebook or something and um and and we'll put your facebook group up there as well
1: Beautiful.
0: Thank you. Well, thank you so much. I really do. And for those of you listening, um, you know, as I always say, this kind of life it takes courage. It takes courage to break the silence. It takes courage to step into the truth. It takes courage to own what has happened as something that has happened for you and not to you. Even when you, you know, when you can't see it. I always say, life has to be lived forwards, but it can only ever be understood backwards. And so, please, you know, if you take anything with you today from this from this episode please take with you depart from here with courage the courage to believe in a better way the courage to voice what you've got to say the courage to thrive when times are tough and above all else the courage to know you are good enough goodbye everyone and thank you again michelle
1: most welcome